it is uh it's friday here in the cap region fox sports radio 95.9980-1031-2 iheart app and if you're close enough to the window out here i think you can hear levac and gaz through the window here at the studios um it's probably the most frequencies i've ever broadcast on in once i think you think so? I'm trying to think in my head. Like, there's three frequencies. You have the podcast side. You have Apple. Because well, I was on, I was on 103.5 and 103.9 together when it was the Edge. Um, I was on 104.5 and 1300 for like a second, but I wasn't really on the air. But like, I don't think if no, I think this is, I think this is the most at once. I really do. So ha. Take, strength in numbers. Who knew iHeart believed in me enough to put the two of us together on on so many frequencies? Um. <clears throat> We're on more frequencies than free throws for the Heat last night. I can tell you that right now. That's <laughs> that's a thing. Uh, 104 to 93. Pretty much what you expected to happen. Denver wins. Joker gets a triple-double. Ho-hum. But it was ho-hum. Like, it didn't... It looked like one of those heavyweight fights where one of the guys comes out and he just doesn't have it, but you still can't knock him all the way out. Like, like the Heat just looked like zombies to me. They didn't look like they were fighting. They didn't look like they thought they were going to win. Um, you know, there were, there were, there were glimpses of, of Heat basketball, but not nothing was it. Vincent. Vincent got, got hot in the – was it Vincent or Highsmith? Might have been Highsmith who got hot in the fourth. I'm trying to remember. I was very, I was just staring at it, like, why is this still happening? I think it was Highsmith got hot in the fourth. You know what? That might actually right there speak of the Miami Heat, right? You know, we're yeah. not talking about Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosh or yeah. <laughs> we're talking about, wait, was it Caleb Martin? Wait, which one of the Martin right. twins is right. on the team? Well, There's was, two of them, right? Was it Jimmy Butler? Oh, you mean Jimmy Butler from 2005? No, no, 23. Uh, <laughs> no, um, yeah, it was, it was just uneventful. It really, it felt, it kind of felt like everybody, like, you know, the joke that the NFL scripted now? Like, there's yeah. a script that's handed out. Like, it felt like there was a script that was handed out, and this was a table read, and everybody knew what was going to happen. Like, I bet the triple-double for Joker, and I'm sitting there, and it's a little late, and he's got, he's got you know, he's got, got points, he's got the assist, he's only got nine rebounds with six minutes left, and he's not on the floor. It's four minutes left, and he gets three rebounds. Everybody, oh, triple-double, there he goes. Only the, um, only the second player in NBA history to debut in the finals with a triple double. Second. Second. Ooh, I want to guess the first. I don't I did not see that stat. Um Magic Johnson? No, but every, that's what everybody guessed. Uh John Starks. John Starks. John Starks debuted in the finals with a triple double. Think wow. About that. And they didn't win. Uh so so yeah, it just it was it, it just wasn't eventful. You know what I mean? It was just one of the, it was one of those things like like it was, it was good. It's the NBA Finals. You know, I was happy. I like seeing Jokic, or or as as uh, Mad Dog Russo calls him, Jokic. Uh, <laughs> I like seeing him out there performing. I like, I like the way Denver plays. I like that they're doing these whole things on how thin the air is. Like it just got thin all of a sudden in Denver. Um, but it's just at the same time, it's like going to see a movie that you you literally look at your friends and go, well, you know exactly what's going to happen in this movie. And they're like, well, yeah, but it's a good movie. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. And you go, and it's exactly what it was. And you just look at him at the end and go, no, there's, there's 50 bucks for never getting back. And we knew it was going to happen. There is a part of me, I won't do it, that wants to copy Russo's pronunciation of Jokic because that J and Y in different languages can be pronounced different ways. Same with the way with Dirk Nowitzki, Nowitzki, that W and that V. I won't insult him by 
calling him Jokic, but man, that's a great way to do that. Anyways, uh, back to the game itself. Talk about having a bad read on a game last night. I know what we should have all thought and what you and I as investors in sports like to talk about. We like wagering on games, but also analyzing and trying to give some fun storylines of what's going on. It felt like the easiest thing to talk about with Denver and Miami was that Miami was fatigued. They've gone through the longest stretch. You could argue in NBA playoff history because of expanded rounds years ago, plus the play-in game that Miami was going to be having nothing left, especially after a seven-game conference final series with Boston that they almost blew. But I'm like, okay, like everyone thinks that. So that means Denver's had a layoff, and I know the stats favor the team that's had the layoff, but it can't be that simple. Maybe we're just going to see Miami kick it up a gear, cross-sport comparison, baseball and football. It happens a lot, right? We've seen the team with the bye week the week previous in football and the NFL get bumped out. We've seen baseball teams who are wild-card teams take out a division leader. We've seen other sports show the effect of the break not being as great or a bye week being as great. And then the game starts, and the game yeah. seems to be over fast. Like yeah. Aaron Gordon's getting hot. Great team basketball. We had that comparison to the Spurs, the mid-2010 teams with Popovich and Duncan. That That's what Denver was known for. Great team basketball. Matchup nightmares across. That's what it was. Eric Spolster, I've given him tons of credit throughout this playoffs for how great he is, and people questioned what his legacy was way back before the season started. That wasn't about coaching last night. That was not about players on the actual court for the Miami Heat. That is a Denver Nugget basketball team where you're going to study for years to come and be like, okay, we had the trend of the three ball with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. We've had forever in basketball the star, the Hall of Famer, the all-time great carrying a team because of his skill set. That's team basketball. I know they got an MVP, but man, there's some possessions that it goes back to the Phoenix series where you're like, what are you supposed to do? You got a shooter. You got a guy who go to the basket. You got a guy who has a skill set we've never seen before in league history. What are you supposed to do? Well, you also, I mean, again, the energy level. It just Denver looked. Denver looked like they were ready, rested. You know, not rusted, rested. Miami didn't look like they were prepared. They looked like you said they looked. They looked worn down. Max Struss, who he hit, I don't know, seventy five threes against the Knicks. I think, oh for nine. Like, dude, he hits three of those. He'd probably win the game still. It's it's just I like I like your point about like we're watching how the the game changes. Like it was the shooters with the Warriors. It's like is everyone now going to go look for the point center? Like you know we you know point guard was always it, and then LeBron and, and Magic were like point forwards where the the ball went through them. Like Jokic, you could actually he's he's like a point center. Like he. He can bring the ball up the court if he feels like it. He can, you know, he can dish. He can do everything. It's it's fun. It's very fun to watch. Legitimately, when he's not on the court, I'll start playing, like, uh, just matching games and stuff on my phone. Because it's like, oh, well, all right. <laughs> this isn't good. There was, like, there was, I want to say it was, like, two and a half, almost three minutes in the fourth where he wasn't on the court and maybe one basket went in. Like both sides, like you know, Heat would take a shot, rim out. <laughs> Denver would take a shot, rim out, and then all like it, this went on for a little bit, and all of a sudden, you know, Miami hit a couple shots, closed the gap. Jokic came back out, and then just the game was over. But it was it, it just wasn't an entertaining game. If I'm being perfectly honest, it's fun to watch Jokic. It was it was you know it was good to win a couple wagers. 
you know, I hit I hit both the triple double and I had uh, the points. I laid the points with um with with the Nuggets. But those but after that, I was eh okay, all right, carry on. Like, why am I still awake? I have to get up early tomorrow. If that is game one, do you see any sign of Miami coming back? Like, do you see I from that game last night? From Denver's hot start to them even winning the game by double digits, but even felt like and they took it a, a little bit off at the end. They did. I, I can't find a way where Miami can win this series. Look, I said the same thing about Miami against Boston. I said the same thing with Miami against Milwaukee. There have been times in this playoff stretch where I've doubted the Heat, and I'm sure I'm far from being alone on that island. I'm not on an island with that because the Heat have been faced with really good teams, but they found ways to win. And it goes through, look, Greek Freak got hurt. The Knicks... Just got outplayed by Miami. I would say outcoached and outhustled Miami against Boston. The hardest one is going to be out talent, out skill, out team. Felt like I was just doing a promo there for Survivor. But all those characteristics, what is it? Outwit, outlast, outplay, that's Survivor. There you go, Survivor fans. That's what it feels like here for Denver, though. Like you don't every watch skills, too much TV, do you? <laughs> every skill set you need. Denver has over Miami. It was so obvious in that first game. Yeah, uh, I think I think Miami will win one of the next two games because I think the this terrible schedule benefits them. Because um, you don't go home, so you're going to be in that that high elevation, that way, weird air. Thursday, you know, probably got, you probably got there Thursday morning, so all maybe Wednesday night. I don't know how, how they travel. Let's say Wednesday night they get there. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Now you play Sunday. Plus, you've rested a couple days. Those the Heat's trainers are going to be just you know ice bath and cryo chambers and compression sleeves and like just getting these guys as fresh as possible. And then you go back to Miami for Game Three. So I uh, I think I think it's I think it's Nuggets in five. And I think part of the reason will be I don't know if you got a chance to hear Butler's exchange with the media. So the media no. Oh, uh, it was it was Jimmy Butler has a very dry sense of humor when it comes to some of this stuff. And I don't even know if he's trying to be funny, but it's good. Uh, one of the one of the media members, they were asking him about why, you know, only two free throws. And he's like, you know, we need to we need to be more aggressive. We need to go after it. And he's like, anything you want to say about the refs? He's like, you want to pay my fine? Because <laughs> I think I think you will see there, there's going to have to be some kind of phone call where, hey, look, if it was really, really, really they played that soft and they only got to, the, to the, the charity stripe twice, fine. But if if you can make that number a little closer, if you can, can kind of make it, because people are looking at us right now thinking somehow we want Denver to get their first ever championship. And we can't, as a, as a league, we'd prefer not to look like we're actually siding with one of the teams. Because that, I mean, two two free throws, and and again, the the energy that he had adds up. But how many people watched the game last night, and how many people didn't, and then watched these, checked out these box scores and see the two free throws? Like, ah, league wants to give Jokic the championship because they they stole the MVP from him. Did you see? Maybe you didn't see the whole quote. Jeff Van Gundy. It's going to feel like I'm veering off here, but this goes to what Jimmy Butler's talking about. That Jeff Van Gundy, if they asked him if he was the czar of the NBA rules that he would change in the sport, one of them was that he would shorten halftime or just get rid of halftime. Yeah. He feels like halftime's dumb. Now, maybe as a coach it's tough because how many real adjustments can you make in a regular season game, especially when you're 82 82 games plus the playoffs. Okay, so that's a coach's mindset. But some of the other ones involved free throws, 
and fouls. And I want to make, I believe the quote was, if you get fouled, you just get the points. Like there's no, there's no <laughs> reason to have that happen anymore. So out loud, that sounds so dumb. Yeah, like, I hate it. Look, if you foul somebody, they automatically get two points. I know what he's trying to do, though. What he's trying to say is some of these games in the NBA, like you just pointed out, LeVac, even in the NBA Finals, are difficult to watch. Not because of the athleticism of the players, not because of the skill set of what they can do and how awesome it is. I feel, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think you have the same feel that I do. There are times during an NBA basketball game, and the regular season's even worse in the playoffs, where you could blow the whistle on every single possession. Mm. Like every single one. A guy going for a three, foul. You go back and watch the Rockets Warriors from a few years ago. I was, we were joking around about this earlier in the week that the Rockets missed 27 threes in a row. Houston fan thinks they got fouled on every shot. At least a cut that the Houston fans put on Twitter. I could see whistles getting blown. Guy goes to the hoop. Is there a foul? James Harden's the biggest culprit. You watch James Harden play, you're like, I'm glad I'm not an official. I probably would have called the foul there, there, there. There are times, the Jimmy Butler quote, where maybe he got some of those whistles during the regular season. Maybe he got some of those fouls. Now it's the NBA Finals. It's the playoffs. It's a different vibe. It's still more physical. But he's gone through months of getting that whistle. And now all of a sudden the Heat go to the finals and they're not getting the whistle and it's on the road and it's game one and you're the underdog and you're like, I mean, we got to get some calls. It is so difficult. I know in the fall of that we're going to take a day on a Monday where people are trashing NBA and uh, NFL officials. Yeah. We're going to talk about umpires being bad. Yeah. I do not envy being an NBA official because some of these games are so tough to figure out how you change this style of basketball now. Well... I don't think there's an answer. I know I kind of left you there with that, but it's like, well, it, no, it, it, it's it, it's it's a lack of um, it's a lack of consistency that drives me the most insane. To to your one point, like I I don't I don't expect every foul to be called. I don't expect every penalty to be right. I mean, it probably would have been better if Eric Lewis didn't have a burner account and was able to call the game. Um, <laughs> they, but at the at the same time, like consistency is all I really care about. Because like, let's be real, if they did call it. Every, if they called every penalty the way it was supposed to go, like remember when you were a kid and you know dad drives you to the to the Sunday league or whatever, and the little kids have all got the jersey. That was almost every thirteen seconds for a travel, and none of those kids are traveling as much as these NBA players. <laughs> there was a play this year where Jason Tatum like put tucked the ball like a like an NFL running back, and just it took like five steps and then went to the hoop, and everybody's like, oh, what a great drive! What, what do you mean a run? He picked up a first down on the way to the hoop. But it's like, it's just there's no consistency with it. That's the only problem I have. Like, if you're gonna, if it's, if you're gonna call it lighter, call it lighter. If you're gonna call it, you know, stiffer, call it stiffer. I prefer lighter because the game goes faster and it's more fun to watch. But at the same time, like, the, <laughs> I I honestly think that if you watch that game, at most you can probably get four to five free throw trips. For, for the Heat, I thought two was pretty warranted just from the lack of effort. And I think that's also why Jimmy Butler didn't go off because he knows it's as much on his guys as it is on, on the refs. We may have stumbled into this too. Isn't that the way Miami wins this series? Physicality? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the referees give them the calls and they just kind of slow down the pace of the game and they hope they get to the free throw. That's it. And, and maybe they all knew that going in. Like, we, we need that. That's how it's going to have to happen here. I, was just, I think you're going to see with the rest, the Miami Heat will come out and look like the Miami Heat either – Either Sunday or or the first game in Miami, but it's just the, the Nuggets are too good and they can do whatever you want to do. Do you want to get physical? They can get physical. Do you want to do you want to play 
skill, they, they, they can play skill. And they don't have two of their best players out with injuries. So, you know, it's just I just don't feel like it's good. I don't feel like this worked out well for the Heat. That's, that's where I'm at. And also where I'm at is uh, Fox Sports uh, Radio, <laughs> 980 and 95.9, Levac and USX Pest Control. Man, talk about changing your day for the better. You get the free inspection simply by going to usxpest.com. Then you get Tim comes through, checks out the house, explains everything to you, house, apartment, whatever it is, business. I'm telling you, you got to have Tim come through for, just for the peace of mind. Like, I was sitting there going, oh, man, this is going to be bad. We're going to have mice. We're going to have this. We're going to have that. And he's like, well, if you look over here, you can see where you did have mice. You can see where you did have bats. All the evidence points to they haven't been here in a long time. But what we can do with our non-chemical exclusion, non-chemical exclusion package, which you might remember kind of like cat guarding because the Gagne family of brands, which is now USX Pest Control, was cat's eye. Well, with the cat's eye, now USX non-chemical exclusion, they close up the house. So those things that aren't in your house aren't getting in to your house. No rodents, no large insects, none of that nonsense with the exclusion package. Get your free inspection set up today at usxpest.com. LeVette and Goss, Fox Sports Radio 95.9980, and, uh, of course, the iHeart app, which is the best way to uh, carry us wherever you go. You can interact with us. Uh, you can even hit that little microphone and, and, and leave us a message. Um, did you hear this morning that I got uh, – I got I got a little beat up this morning. No, so I got here early to do some stuff and help you. And as, as some people may know, I I got some golf going on today. I saw a desk, Darius. What happened with the desk situation? I just over took there? that. Oh, I just took that. I needed a place to sit down and work while you weren't here. Yeah. Um, There's well, a lot of desks that are available. I realized when I came here to iHeart. So I was yeah. like, I think Vex just trying to claim one of these. Okay, well, I, I, they can tell me wherever they want me to put my stuff, but I'm not here really enough to worry about it yet. So I just I sat there, you know, which. I liked. I had like the Sicilian advantage. No one could sneak up behind me. That's that's why I picked that desk. Um, but no, I, I saw Quentin Cantero over on Picks One Hundred Six. So I just said hi. You know, I haven't seen him in a minute, and um, we're talking away. And then like right before they're about to go on, Cantero's over and goes, "So I hear you doing an impression of me." Like, and, no, <laughs> what? Yeah, and um, he goes, "So they drag me on the air and they make me do it on the show." And it's not, like it's I'm workshopping it. Like it's not it's not perfect yet. It's still got some work to do. But uh yeah, you can just see like like just like Cantera doesn't get angry with me, but you could see there was like the the kernels of like if you're gonna do it, at least don't suck at it. You know, like <laughs> and Quinn's dying because he's like, nobody's been able to get it right yet. And you're you're not an exception. So but yeah, I got attacked this morning with that. So when are they going to come on here? When are we going to get the um, picture? Because I Cantera feel like listens like every day. I guess. Oh, okay. Well, thank you, man. Very appreciated. Very cool. Uh, Quinn, you just you just have to let him know because this isn't really his jam. He doesn't really, you know, he's not not a big sport guy. You know, he's not a not a big sport ball. I would like Quinn and Cantera to join us at a certain golf club very soon in the future in Saratoga. Just say you want to go to the Hideaway and eat and drink and try to get Chad to join us for football season. Yes, that's it. I'd like <laughs> Quinn and Cantera to join us there, or vice versa. We'll join them. However, we want to phrase it. I think it'd be a very fun. <laughs> Fall Sundays with them. Just, I like how you think you're slick and manipulative. It's like, what I do you have mean? an idea where we should go see a friend of ours and maybe have them be part of the show. No, no, no. Here's the thing. <sighs> there, there's a rule. In, we're going to get to whatever we had scheduled, but there's a rule in I radio. I don't want to get to what we have scheduled. Can you tell? <laughs> there's a rule in radio. We actually have to sign paperwork that sometimes you're not allowed to say business's name uh, on the air. The, the rule that you're you're trying to talk about is payola and plugola, which are the stupidest names in the world, but the government came up with it. 
And basically, the, the base of those rules, guys, is we cannot personally benefit for on-air mentions without it being contracted through the station. So, like, the fact that I have not seen Chad since I picked him up from the airport a while back, I did him a favor. I can talk about the hideaway all I want. Now, if you went there and Chad was like, "Hey, let me pick up your uh, let me pick up your tab for dinner," and then you talked about it, that's wrong. So, just so you know, I've received nothing from Chad. Chad gives me nothing. <laughs> I can't hit this table because I just fixed careful. The that's right. I saw, I saw um, the hand go up. Yeah, like ah, I figured out what, what's wrong with it, so I can. I think I can fix it quick from here on out. Um, guys came in here and I'm on the floor under the board, like I'm the engineer, but it works. <laughs> First thing I said to him, what are you doing? Yeah. Had a coffee in my hand, complaining <laughs> about my start to the morning, just getting blasted with emails before uh, 9 a.m. on a Friday in the summer. Ah, uh, yeah. Welcome to being a, the boss, the big cheese, Tommy Corporate. All right. Enough stalling out of you. I'm stalling? I'm not stalling. Did you see the weather today? It looks beautiful. Nice try. Let's talk about the Albany Empire. Okay. Let's talk about the weather. I, uh, I, yeah. I see the polo you're wearing today, too. I don't, don't think that didn't go on. <laughs> This is a new hat, era yeah. pullover and a, a hat. Why? What do you mean? It's it looks like, very nice. That's Orlando Predator gear you're wearing. <laughs> had it made special. Um, well, <laughs> Elevation going, 10,000? Yeah, I did. Actually, hey. I was. I was over there this morning. Uh, Elevation 10,000. Grabbed this stuff. Nice gear. Working on some stuff for us. I'll, I'll let you know in the future if Ooh, I get it done. Okay. But uh, yeah, no. Elevate your brand with Elevation 10,000. That's what I look at. No, no. Let's talk about this a little bit more. This no, no, no. Predator gear did, I've got. Did let's you go see the, San Antonio this weekend. Did you see the video with Antonio Brown? The with, announcement of the coach? With Roger Island? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. Um, it broke yesterday during our show, which I think was Roger being cheeky. I think he was trying to be like, I'm going to steal some of their, uh, their viewers. Which we're, we don't have viewers yet, Rog, but good try, though. Um, I mean, three to five is a weird time to report, isn't it? Like, yeah. six o'clock is the classic TV move. If you're doing radio, you're probably hitting 4.30 to five. It's just yeah. interesting. We'll just yeah. let that float out there. Okay. Well, based on Tony's you know schedule keeping, yeah. he probably had him booked for like 11 a.m. He showed up at like four o'clock. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Roger Island, live local light breaker right here on the Facebook stream for News Channel 13. Um, sat down with Antonio Brown for like 10 minutes. And Tony had some interesting stuff to say. Um, it was weird because it was almost like one of those things where like they thought they were already been on for like two minutes when it started. Because Roger's first thing is, Sonny, I hope. Uh, you know Terry Gordy. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Terry Gordy from Terry, the Fabulous Freebirds. <laughs> yes, he's now taking over. It's him, Michael P. S. Hayes. God, I'm so Terry glad that Gore was a slip is the guy up. who runs the um, the fan page for the National Arena League. That's why, I, like I said, the wrong name, Terry Foster. Okay, um, they all have to be your your coach for the rest of the year. And he was, and like that was like kind of like they were already in the conversation. And I was in. Tony was like, yep, that's what we want. You know, wanted to keep uh, throughout the thing. It was, it, there was, there was some really good stuff in it, but it was kind of cringy at times. The amount that, that Roger Weiland is willing to kiss up to Tony when, you know, Roger is, listen, you, you, we can pick on him all we want jokingly. Like he and I have a, we worked together for a very long time. You worked with him for a long time. There's, he's probably He's he's the face of local sports. He like, he's should have the guy. He should have been the New York State Broadcasters Hall of Fame three years ago, and still should be in it. So Rogers is a Hall of Famer, even yeah. though he hasn't been put in it yet. Hopefully his time comes in the call. I feel like you think about that guy from the football hall of fame. The knock comes on the door at thirteen. Yeah. So yes, Rogers is a Hall of Famer, no it's, doubt. I mean he's the he's he's the first one you think of as sports in this area. Like you know AJ Pinkowski and, and Griffin Haas and uh, Leada Badavita. They've all they, they, 
you put all their careers to this market together, and it's not as long as Rogers. So it's weird to me that he kisses up to this guy. It is. It's just weird to me. It's like uh, you know, score some touchdowns. That's what you do, baby. You score touchdowns. Like, okay, stop. You don't. You don't have to be this guy. This guy screwed you over a bunch of times too. But um, yeah. So Terry Foster is the new head coach, which I didn't even realize he was the defensive coordinator for the Iowa Barnstormers. Like I didn't even like because we brought him into Columbus. He was the assistant to um, Chris McKinney or C-Mac, as I call him, the, the head coach that we brought down from up here. So I didn't know that he had jumped from there and gone to Iowa. But now he's coming up here to be the head coach, which is, I think it's a, I think it's a, a good hire. I think it's for people who are going to be able to handle what's going on up here, I think Terry can do it. Two things. Part one, why interview Antonio Brown rather than Terry Foster? I, Terry may not be here yet. Okay. okay. Remember, he was just in Iowa. Plus, again, listen. Nobody here knows who Terry Foster is. Okay, so there we go. Like that—that's the thought process on this. People are gonna have to learn to know him and stuff. If it's just content, this is gonna get a little sports media. But I think some people will find this hopefully interesting. That look, if you're just gonna interview Antonio Brown for content, it's June. You've got a scoop here. You're doing it from the television side. Let's also for more context. Rogers got a great relationship with Touchdown Eddie Brown because he covered him. You know, like we were there in 2018 when his number got retired. We were on the field. Roger did a fantastic job with all that stuff. And he's been leading the coverage for this. So, look, that happens. So, you're interviewing Antonio Brown to do it. Let, yeah. Let's go back to something you said there, though, about the interview itself. And this is why it's crossing over. And I'm sure there's other people who are listening. They're like, why are they talking about other people who are media people? Because we're going to use that comparison of the owner of the Albany Empire giving an exclusive interview about what the new head coach and the franchise is going to look like. To an interview with Jeremy Fowler and Antonio Brown. Lebeck, do you remember this like four years ago where it was very odd? It was like Antonio Brown meets with Jeremy Fowler and people, you and I in particular, crushed Jeremy Fowler for how bad of a job he did during the interview. And I think back to that interview of why I was so critical of Jeremy Fowler. If you don't know, he's a Pittsburgh Steelers reporter. And this is right when like the whole thing ended with the Steelers and the Raiders thing was coming up, kind of like sandwiched in between there. But what I do remember about that interview, and I don't know how much of this they left in the full cut, is that wasn't there a point where Antonio Brown started to lay down like he was Mariah Carey in that infamous interview on the so. couch where it's like, yeah. what is happening out here? You can't have a straight conversation with the guy. And that's the problem, right? So how do you handle getting information, getting straight answers how do you figure out to get info from somebody who never gives you a straight answer? Now, there's two ways to think of that. You could do it Roger style, like try to like ease into it a little bit. The second one I'm going to ask you, because maybe you know, like you worked with the guy. How, mm-hmm. how do you get in? Maybe you can't. Maybe there's no, no nothing. Nothing's the answer here. He's going to say what he wants to say. He's going to answer the way he wants to answer. Um, it's. I think we all kind of wish we could do the stuff that he can get away with. Like he can get away with it and, and good for him. Like it's like, I, I'm almost jealous. Like, so, you know, why'd you do this? Well, I'm not going to deal with out outside stuff and minutia and blah, blah, blah. Um, I want you to see my new sneakers. Wait, what? I don't want to talk about your new sneakers. Uh, but no. So as far as that interview goes, like I'll let me do the good things. I'll do the good things. I'll, I'll leave with the positive. I think Foster, I did not see Terry Foster coming. I didn't. I did not expect that to be the guy. There's people in the world of arena football who hate that man. There's people in the world of arena football who love that man. 
so he's probably good. If I said, if everybody, I know everybody around here went, who? But in the world of arena football, if you say that man's name, everyone knows who you're talking about. So, you know, I, again, I didn't expect it. I think, I think based on the situation at hand, if, if they're truly committed to each other, that he could actually finish the season. And the fact that he's introducing him on a Thursday when it's the bye week is coming up and you just had to pay a big part of the workers' comp and all that stuff. So people who thought football was leaving, I don't think it is. I mean, why would you spend more money to just say goodbye? You could leave right now and, pay, and not pay another penny. Ooh, that last part there is an interesting spin on this because most people, it would feel, Empire fans, Campbell Region sports fans, have become very negative with the future of the Albany Empire yeah. and what the future stands for 2024 and beyond. I know that that's that he, he addresses that too. I'm saying there's people I know that think he doesn't finish 2023. Oh, okay, okay. But I you there. Okay. I, there's no way you pay that money this and then and then not finish. You just stop then. You know what I mean? Like, right. oh, here's my excuse to get out. Um, he says that he's excited about the AFL coming in. Says that he's looking forward to working more with Bob Belber. These are all good. Like the AFL thing, I found very interesting because the National Arena League Commissioner Chris Siegfried has come out in support of you many, many times, more than he should have, to be honest with you. And then you say you're excited about the potential of going to the AFL. I thought that was a little, I thought it was dirty. And as a matter of fact, it it should be finable because the National Arena you, you have a lease, you have a contract with the National Arena League until the end of this year. You shouldn't be talking about new leagues. You shouldn't be. However, as a fan of arena football in the Capital Region, I love that he's looking at it. He shouldn't be talking about it, but I love that he's looking at it. That's that's a good. That's another good thing. That he said he's working his relationship with with Belber. Roger, good job on this one. Said I know Belber was unhappy that you didn't play when you said you were going to play, and Tony answered that with like, no, he was fine, whatever. But it's communication. We're learning to communicate together. He swears he's going to play on the seventeenth. So, I I don't know how you believe him. But he swears he's going to play on the 17th, swears he's ready. Um, the brilliant thing, I think, is that he's going to take the June 17th Albany Empire game and make it a Juneteenth celebration. I think, you know, that's something that in the past I didn't really know how to do as president of the team because I'm a fat white guy. Like, do I have the right <laughs> to throw a Juneteenth celebration? I think it's because I think it's brilliant on a couple levels. It shows the community you actually care. You know, you're going to have a lot of white people are going to be like, I don't know what this means, whatever. It doesn't doesn't matter. It shouldn't really affect you. It, you go and have fun. But you should sell a lot of tickets, too, because nobody's done a Juneteenth celebration like that. No, no sports team around here. You should sell a lot. It should be a really smart promotion. So those are the good things. Those are what I thought was really good. I don't have any disagreements there with you. I feel like the way you've laid that out and the positives of that, but I feel like you're also setting up for the good and, and the bad of what you may have taken away from this conversation. When he said he was going to save Albany, I almost threw up. You, 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 and then, and then, literally took the time to say, you know, let's not, let's not. I don't know the word he used, but belittle my effect here. There wouldn't be anything for you to go to the MVP arena about if I wasn't here, if the people around me. And then he realized. It's not his money, allegedly. It's in the trust. And he goes, you know, the people around me are who paid the workers' comp bill and all that stuff. So, like, those kind of things I could do without. I could, I could very much do without the, I'm so great. I'm going to save Albany. Albany's good, bro. We were okay.
I don't know the answer to this, and maybe you do from talking and working with Antonio Brown. So he became the owner of the team, and at some point along the way, maybe he also thought he was the owner and the president of the team, maybe after you left, whatever that was. I used he, it. He named um, Alberoni Dennis, his his business manager, is the president. Okay. But he does whatever AB says. Well, so. the key word there is president. Yeah. Because you mentioned Save Albany. I've seen the hashtag on Instagram, make Albany great again. Right. Which Do you think because so he's an owner or a president, he's following what other presidents like Donald Trump have done? Like, Maybe. oh, this is what people in power do when they get to this level. I'm just going to copy what they do because they seem to have some type of following. So maybe if we do it this way, I- I'm not even joking when I say that. Like, I don't know if it's a, a shtick. I don't know if it's him trying to be creative or him seeing somebody in power did it like this to draw entertainment and a following, we're going to copy what he did. Maybe that's completely out of left field, but that's like the second time I've got an example of him doing something like that now. I don't know who he looks up to, though. Like that's, Saying that would be like, okay, so he's, he's, he's modeling what he's doing after this person. I don't think he models. I don't, at least he doesn't openly admit that he looks up to anyone. So unless it's like um, Yeezy or somebody, I don't know. Jay Z, like, like, Roger Goodell. Well, who's he, who's Donda with? That that's the one. He's Kanye. With. Kanye. Like maybe Kanye. I don't know. He's worked with Kanye. That's been yeah. He still before. has the yeah. Donya, the Donda, um, necklace, the the pendant there. You know, like hundreds of thousands of dollar necklace. But like to say to say he's doing what he thinks is supposed to be. I just I think he really thinks he can save the world. Like I think he. I don't think it's malicious. Like that's the worst part about all of this. He makes me angry because what he's done to people. And I do think he's selfish, and I do think he's arrogant. But I think you have to be at a certain level of fame, at least have some of it. But I don't think it's malicious. I don't think he thinks about hurting other people. I think he thinks about what he wants at that exact second in time, and that's all that matters. It's like a child, really. Like, it's not – he's not doing it to be mean. He didn't call me fat or 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 Ben, the R word, thinking he was being mean. He he thought he was just getting his point across. Like that's I and that's why like as much as I don't like him, I'm still hoping he follows through on stuff because people do like him. The attention that the Empire's getting right now, it's not positive. But they're in TMZ today again. And they're here and they're there. And I'm hoping at some point he makes things right with the Von Schiller family and with Mike Corda. I don't care if he makes things right with me. I don't like him. Like he's and he did kind of reference me yesterday too, which I thought was great. I'm definitely living rent free up in those up in that. Wait, house. wait, wait. Was that the reference you're talking about a few minutes ago, or was there a second reference you're talking he, um, about that he may have somebody might have? Rogers said something about the the not having the uniform, not having the jersey, and he goes, "Well, the media is trying. I'm not going to listen to the what the media has to say, and there's information that's supposed to be staying in house, like like to that to that degree. I don't have the exact quote, but." Basically, because I was the one who found out that he didn't even take the time to go pick up the jersey, and that's why I believe he never meant to play. That played out. He talked about it. So it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. You know me, and you've known this for a long time. I love getting mentioned in some other <laughs> variation of a spot. But, you know, I would have liked Lavac and Goss on <laughs> OFX 95.9 and 90. Somewhere Adam Schinder's like, oh, no. Hey, 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 I got roasted for this, and now you're letting AB off the hook? Next time, no, if you're going to reference our interview or show or content, 
Fox Sports 95.9, 980 WOFX. No, keep my, name, keep my name out your mouth. More than happy to mention keep, the station. Bosses my, will be happy. Keep my name out your mouth, Tony. I got no, I got no use for you. Well, listen, I hope he succeeds. I really do. I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. I hope it works. I want the empire to work. I want people to be able to go to the empire. I want him to care about the team. I don't want it to be the AB show featuring the empire. I don't think that's a choice, though. I think that's going to happen. But I do. I want. I want. There's so many people who love that team, and for whatever reason, we could never get them all to go to the games. Maybe he can get them to go to the games. Maybe. And if he can do that, it'll be here and it'll be fun. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> so, very excited. Patroons get the victory last night. Kind of a slugfest. Kind of a, you know, defensive battle, if you will, for the basketball league. But, you know, they got the win. So, now they're one up going to face the Bandits in Atlantic City. 90 to 87 Patroons get the victory. So, good. Here we go. Let's go, Albany Patroons. Playing well. I want to see them redeem themselves after that wild 2022 finish. We had Brian Mariano, the closer, voice of the Patroons, along with Rich Becker, John Longton, all guys we know. If you missed that conversation earlier in the week, check out Apple and Spotify. But a great way to get this thing going from last night, Patroons, the big dub. Yeah, so you got to win one more. Two games in Atlantic City before you can move on. So hopefully they just go ahead and win the first one and uh, you know keep, this, keep it moving. I believe Closer said after they get past this round, they would be the highest seed. Correct. So that from there on out, it's a bunch of home games at the Armory, which would be very, very cool for the Cap region. Very excited about that. Luke Garrick Day. So happy Luke Garrick Day. Happy Luke. Is this? Wait a second. Why is it today? I was, June 2nd. See, I would think Luke Garrick Day would be near. Hang on. Is my sports memory getting lost here? I thought Luke Garrick famously gave the speech around July 4th or on July 4th. Or was he born on July 4th? I'm surprised. June 2nd is Lou Gehrig Day. I don't know why, LeVac, June 2nd is Lou Gehrig Day. Is that his birthday? In 2021, Major League Baseball designated June 2nd as Lou Gehrig Day as it is the anniversary of when Gehrig became the Yankees starting first baseman in 1925. Oh. And his death in 1941. Okay, Wally Pip is what we're talking about here. When he first gave the day of the start. Wally Pip Day? (laughs) Imagine Wally Pip. Was it and then like is it happy Lou Gehrig's Day? Because like it's to honor Lou Gehrig and it's also to raise awareness for ALS. So, it's, but you still say Happy Lou Gehrig's Day, right? Yes, is that what I would yeah. say so. Started one of the great streaks in modern professional American sports history today. That's a great trivia question. Okay, now I know. I'm the more we know, that's what I do. I just Rainbow. me and Google. We just get things done. That's what we do over here. Um, yeah, no, Lou Gehrig's Day. So, and then like that is um, that speech is still that's one of the most iconic things you've ever you've ever heard or seen. Today, today, today. I consider myself myself. Um, so, yeah, Lou Gehrig's day. Patroons won. Everything's right with the world. Everything's good. Weather's nice. Friday's Weather's feeling good. We're Summer's rolling. Things are good in the capital region. New York sports is going well. Everything is looking good right now. It's very it is, good things. It's nice. Uh, do you know who Mike Dragic is? Mike Dragic? Mike Dragic. Um, yeah. I do not know Mr. Dragic. He's a, he's a mixed martial artist. He's a, he's a cage fighter, if you will. Lives down in Florida. That's not a um, that's not his day job though. Uh, his day job apparently is um, is uh, alligator wrangler. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> you have our attention, sir. Uh, so, uh, Mike down in his uh, down in down in Florida, down his home state of Florida, going about his business, gets a call from local police. Hey, we need your help. Could you uh, could you swing on by this uh, local elementary school? 
So he does. Gets there and finds a 10-foot gator. 10-foot! 10-footer. 10-foot gator, which is meandering in the direction of the school. Oh, no. There's like a fence and everything if you watch the video. But he begins... So, like, you ever, you ever think to yourself, like, when you see, like, a really just bloody battle in, in the UFC or whatever, you're like, what kind of person would do that? Like, why would you do that to... What? Like... Like you could, either one of us could get into a physical altercation today. It could happen. Could be bad. He knows every day he's getting in a fight, whether it's training or, or in the cage <laughs> right. or whatever. So you know who would? The same guy who would walk up and grab a 10-foot gator by the tail and start dragging it <laughs> because it was too close to the front for him to be able to get the face. Like, it's this whole, like, dance he's doing. He's antagonizing it. Finally, like, a, he's able to get a hold of it. A couple of the cops jump on the back with him, and he's holding the jaw shut all in front of a bunch of these school kids. Guy's not an MMA fighter anymore. He's a superhero in cargo shorts. <laughs> I want constant video of this. You know, there is a place in 2023 for him to become more viral famous than he's becoming over the last few hours now, and more and more people to know his name. He's got to get a brand for this, see? crocodile nope you know what that's already been used because the late <laughs> steve Irwin, now his son's out there yep. he could still become popular in this right joe exotic was out there doing stuff with the tigers this could be his thing he should constantly promote it there should be videos i need a 30 for 30 i need a hard knocks i want more coverage of this guy and speaking of the the late crocodile hunter i don't know how this has happened but my wife loves it like, I think she knew what it was. Like, she knew who Steve Irwin was. But because my son is into animals and, like, likes all that stuff and dinosaurs, the Crocodile Hunter popped up on YouTube as a suggested video. My <laughs> wife was so into it. She got popcorn. She's sitting there. She's like, you watching this guy? This guy's unbelievable. I'm like, this is, like, 20 years old. Where have you been? But the idea of people wrestling gators, crocodiles, yeah. doing this, I can't take my eyes off it. It well, is a fast. It should be a sport in its own right. Irwin was worse. Rest, rest in peace, sir. Because he would just go find them in their natural habitat and mess around with them. Yeah. Crikey! Yeah. Right. But, like, this guy, at least Dragon's just like, hey, look, you know, this thing's going towards the school. Let me get in here. Let me help out a little bit. Um, he said that uh, no injuries and the, the gator is now set to be harvested which I can't imagine is good for the gator. No. I think he becomes boots. Um, but something something has just clicked in my brain, guys. When I told you what had happened, you took issue with the size of the gator. I did. A 10-foot gator. I did. Is there, a, is, there a, is there a foot-length gator that you would wrestle to save a school of children? I think I think it could handle like a, a 7 or 8-footer. you 7 or 8? I think 10. Anything over 10, I'm done. Seven or eight is taller than you. I know, but I've been watching Steve Irwin. I mean, look, the 15-footer. I thought for sure you'd say like a two-footer. I thought maybe a one-foot, like a baby. You know I get in there, I'll grab that. Like, I wouldn't grab a gardener snake. What are you talking about? I mean, kids, you're on your own. You don't think I could handle a seven-foot alligator saving children? I think I'd go into, like, dad strength at that point. But then again, maybe this is counterintuitive to my point I just had. I watched the 15-foot gator in his best moment video. They got like seven people on this gator. So now the math quicker than my head's like, okay. Right. If it took seven people for a 15 you're, foot gator, and this guy's a 10 foot gator, and he maybe did it by like himself. You're like 6'2, 6'3. Yeah. 
Your arm, your your wingspan is like twelve feet though. You have ridiculously long orangutan arms. You don't think this is working? I don't think I don't think you're thinking about how big a seven foot gator is. I don't think you I don't think you put any thought. I, but I will say this to everyone who's listening to Levac and Gaz right here on Fox Sports Radio ninety five nine and nine eighty. Gaz does have a insane like protector complex. Like if you're in a position. Like we, one of the first things we ever did as as a show was go to a haunted house, and Gaz is like shoving people who are dressed as zombies so they can't get near me. Like like I'm I'm a grown damn man. I'm pretty you know at that point I was in decent kind of shape. Gaz is like, whoa, back off, little lady, and it's like a girl dressed as like a, a scary doll. Gaz is like shoving her, like no, nobody gets near Levac. Uh, like you went old school like offensive line drill for me. Look out, there's one around the corner here. Like, it wasn't even it wasn't even scary. I wasn't scared at all because Goss is, I think there's one up here. I got him. And he's, like, tripping people. I can't turn it off. <laughs> there was one the other day where the, something, it was a, and spoiler alert, it ended up being, like, a doll. But I, like, jumped into karate and said, Rex, get away! Like, Whoa. Like, oh, I, I didn't realize. Your kids, when you do that for me, yeah. I was like, wow, that's nice. Like, like conversely, like, we were, um, when I was, it was Armin and Levac way back in the day, we were leaving the beer hall. Uh, during the World Cup, and he kind of got into it with someone, thinking that like I was right there. I thought he was right behind me. I was like blocking to leave with him. He goes running out. He goes, "I almost got beat up because of you." I'm like, "What did I do? I step on somebody's foot? I spill a drink? What? No, I was talking crap to this guy. I thought you were right there. You weren't." I'm like, well, "Don't talk crap to the guy. Like, what, how's that work? What are you thinking?" Um, so I want I, more gator. I want more gator. More alligator. I got one other story about. I this wish too. there was yeah. somewhere around here that we could like. Wrestle gators? Not, maybe not wrestle them, but like get close enough to them that you can see. I think I think three foot is still too much. I'm willing to find out. I, I believe you. Our believe sales you. team will get us out there. Oh. I've told you the story before off the air, and now somebody listening. the waiver. We have to sign for that one. <laughs> if you have something to binge on this weekend, Snoop Dogg's got a new show out called like The World's Worst Criminals. It's on a streaming service. I believe it's Amazon. One of the episodes... The best man in my wedding, my best friend, my cousin growing up, basically a brother to me, Esquire Venuti down in Jacksonville. That case, which is about seven years old now, where the guy stole the gator and then went to the pet shop with the gator acting like it wasn't him, even though he was caught on video with the gator walking around, (laughs) he had to defend him in court. So the new Snoop Dogg show, more gator, alligator, and crocodile talk. There's a lot of influence, Levac. We will be ready for this battle to happen if we ever have to go out there and wrestle some gators. Yeah. How does the Snoop like? How does Snoop play into this? Does he just like introduce the story, or does he commentate throughout? It's like a talk soup setup, a ridiculousness. Like he watches video, reacts. <laughs> Is every reaction like, "Ooh, wee, yeah, we, we'll smoke more." Like, we caught you. Look, it's a gator. Ha ha ha! Like, ha, Snoop. That's that con- the concept of that ridiculousness talk yeah. soup. Like that's been around for thirty years. Everybody's trying to do the yeah. same thing. Well, that was my favorite. Was when um, I think it was Tosh Point was making fun of ridiculousness, and like I'm like, you stole talk soup, right? <laughs> it's the same thing. Like, yeah, it's the clip shows. It's a it's a brilliant premise. I guess this is different because you put Snoop in, but is Snoop good? Like, is he does he say does he add anything of value? I haven't watched enough to give a strong assessment of snoops i think people just tuned in because it was snoop dog yeah but i'm saying like there's guys i can think of um i i actually i got to watch a little bit of monday night raw this week and there was a tag team match and i you know i love kevin owens 
Kevin Owens is like because, former guest on the show. Yeah, and he was just cool. Like he had real talks with us. He stayed on as long as we wanted him. As a matter of fact, he got to a point where we're just like we're keeping him on just to see how long he'll stay. <laughs> and he just wouldn't. He was just cool. He was just a good dude. But him and Sami Zayn were like guest commentating on the match. And one of the guys like goes something like called it Mystery Science Theater three thousand. And Kevin Owens is like, I don't even know what that reference means, but I'm going to assume it's funny. And, <laughs> and the guy's like, you know, Corey, Corey Graves? Yeah, is that the guy? Yeah. Um, he's like, uh, American TV. He goes, oh, okay. Like, but it was just like, because Mystery Science Theater 3000, I love that show. I would love for us to do that with like games. So like we pick some of our favorite games and then we, we shoot it where we're reacting to them. And then people could like play them. Oh, like you could watch the game on YouTube or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like a watch play. along, like yeah. sort of like cheap seats of the uh, the Scalar brothers did years ago yeah, on ESPN. But they Classic. can afford rights to the games, right? We we can't, so we would just do it. Or or maybe we could do something over at like one of the movie theaters where we we play a game and we're, we're mic'd up for it. Oh, we just talk. That'd be so good. Because I think that's I think that stuff is funny, but it's got to be it's got to be people who who add to it. Like that's the that's the thing. Like whenever I just can't see Snoop Dogg being great at that i don't know like i i would love to talk to snoop don't get me wrong d-o-double-g what's up but uh snoop lion right did i i almost high-fived him his security wouldn't let me close to him in atlanta when, he, when we were walking around the back there and that van oh yeah off, yeah yeah with the van the yeah, yeah, yeah came out of the weed smoke yeah. just came flying out of the van we're like it's either willie nelson or snoop and they're going snoop i think willie was in the van too wasn't he i think it was the miami hurricane football team through the smoke it uh, was just <laughs> it was yeah it was you albany coming through yeah, coming down the was. hill it was great <laughs> Uh, LeVac Goss, 95.9980 Fox Sports Radio. Top four four. You want to do it next? Let's do it next. Ready to take your business from good to great? Ready to elevate your brand? It's LeVac here for Elevation 10,000. And, man, I just tell you, this is, this is the place. Like, the questions you have that you don't know who to ask to get help, Elevation 10,000. Dave and the crew over there are amazing. Dave McClett's been a buddy of mine for a long, long time. Like, we go way, way back and – to have him be the guy that I get to call and get marketing questions answered, get a solution for my digital marketing, uh, videos that I need for you know commercials or, or promotion, I can talk to Dave. Apparel for the team, you can talk to Dave. Apparel for your work, your team, your family, your vacation, whatever it is, you can talk to the people at Elevation 10,000, and they'll walk you through it. If you think they can't do it, ask them. I guarantee they figure out how to help you with whatever your issue is. I love it, man. If you want to elevate your brand, you can do it very simply right here in the Capital Region by reaching out to Elevation 10,000. It's time for the Top 4 at 4 with Levac and Gaz. <laughs> said that a lot today. Uh, <laughs> time for the four biggest stories in the world of sports. Top 4 at 4 is brought to you by Mohawk Honda. In Scotia Glenville, where they always go out of their way to please you. Hey, guys. Yeah. What's the fourth biggest story in sports? You know what? Speaking about Scotia Glenville, by the way, shout out to Zach By all over the place, huh? Zach. How about him? This Just is rubbing elbows with all the celebs. The Scotia Glenville, the pride of Scotia himself. Woo. We made him. <laughs> he used to sit in these same exact he, chairs. What do they yeah, smell like? They smell like weed and Bill's fan. We'll go on to story number four here. It's legal in Colorado, by the way. Many states. Anyways, uh, local stories. The Valley Cats, the Patroons. How about some double local here? The Patroons get a victory. They're off to Atlantic City this week. This weekend, maybe they pick up a victory and continue to advance in the TBL playoffs. You can watch that out on TBL TV. So check out the Albany Patroons website for more information there. And how about the Valley Cats? Valley Cats continue on tonight. 6.31st pitch is set. 
at home this entire weekend against the Empire State Grays. I want to start with the Patroons first. Okay. Good victory for them. Yep. Good stuff going forward. Yeah. Patroons have found success coming back just a few seasons ago. A championship season in between. Barely lost last year. Things are still rolling well for the Patroons, even though a lot of changes happen with the franchise. Yeah, and I like I like this close victory, this 90-87. Because a lot of times you've seen this in these short series, these best of threes, where you blow somebody out in game one and you don't take game two as seriously. You know? So you get that close victory at home. That 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 means that Roland, Coach Roland's about to go in there and be like, hey, listen. We barely got one at home. We got to get you. Got to give me ten times more if we're going to win on the road. So let's go in there. And let's get this done. So I like it. I like it. It's physical, tough victory. Low scoring gives them all the reason in the world to, you know, file forward and get it done on the road. Go Patroons! Continue that effort going forward. Good stuff. I want to see how deep this team can make a run again. Now the expectations continue to grow for that squad going forward. Uh, better because they're trying to go to a bigger league next year too. So did you know? Did you know? The Albany uh, Albany Patroons this weekend. Yep. The Empire State Grays. When you hear that term, the Empire State Grays, when they're playing the Valley Cans this weekend, is there anything that happens to you? Do you have any reaction to it? Is there anything that jumps out to you about that? I think I know what you're implying, but all I think of is nursing homes. Um, I, isn't that like, wasn't that a former name of the Yankees? That's a good guess, but what jumps out to me is like, I remember the Valley Cats playing the Grays last year. Why do they... Oh, yes, that's right. The Empire State Grays last year, 2022 summer, oh. almost set a 147-year record. Last I checked, I don't believe they did beat it. Now, someone might actually, here we go. They did, in fact, break the record last year. The Empire State Grays started off as a professional baseball team 0-35. They don't play home games, right? You're remembering them now, yeah. 147 years this record had stood. The 1875 Brooklyn Atlantics. It started a season 0-31 until the Empire State Grays went 0-35 last year. By the way, Oof. the Grays are not that bad this year. At one point, they started the season <laughs> 7-1. I bring that up just because if you're a Valley Cat fan or a Capital Region sports fan, you're like, are they actually going to play someone good? Or are they going to just play some record-settingly terrible team in the Empire State Grays? They're not as bad as last year. We don't stink as bad. We're not as bad as a team from the 1870s anymore. So come out and support the Valley Cats. Story number three involves SEC football. News involving the biggest conference in the college game. They have now decided that in the 2024 season, the SEC is going to get rid of divisions and move to a nine-game conference schedule. So we know that there's been the SEC East the SEC West, but remember in 2024, Texas and Oklahoma will be joining oh, the Oklahoma. SEC. So a nine-game conference schedule, still a conference championship game. Originally, there was talks of an eight-game schedule all against your opponents and then one, two crossover games. Levac, what do you make of the SEC just going nine conference games? And let me add this, because this is the rumor out there. Some are saying nine conference games in cupcakes and the other three games that most teams will schedule. Oh, yes, cupcakes. And let's not be let's let's be clear. There's some there's some baked goods in the SEC as well. I, I know that the powers are there, but it's not like it's not like every team is a murderer's row in the SEC. There's there's plenty of baked goods to be had right there in your own conference. Um, it's it's weird to me because there's got there's got to be a bunch of money to be made in those in those conference championship games. Yes. 
So how are you making that money? Just by telling everybody we play each other more, so go to more of our games? One versus two they're going to do. Oh, they are going to do one versus so two. So kind of like sorry. the Big okay. 12 did a little bit, yeah. Okay. Eh, I, you know what? I like it because now you're going to get the best two teams. It's one of the things I really can't stand in sports, especially when we get to bracketology in the college basketball world, and we're going to get to this in the college football world with an expanded playoff. The term good loss. <laughs> like, good loss does not make sense. Yeah. You lost the game. Right. Well, I lost to a good team. Yeah. yeah I mean, good, you lost, though. Good loss should only be for, like, weight loss. Ah, good loss over there. Drop 30. Yeah, good for you. That's exactly it, right? So it's like, okay, we're going to move to a nine-game conference schedule, so we'll use Texas as an example here. Mm-hmm. I think Texas, as much as I've smashed the Longhorns, and I think it's hysterical to constantly tweet out, is Texas back when they blow a game? They're going to be great in 2023. They've got quarterbacks. They've got a great recruiting class. and maybe even better in 2024. However, if they go 9-3, and three, so now we're going to consider them a top-12 team in the league? I'm talking the overall college football league of the playoff. That's the SEC's mindset. It's a great mindset to have mm. their thought processes. Look, Texas's losses came to Alabama, Florida, and Georgia. We're going to keep them out of the playoff? While a team, let's say the Big Ten. Let's, let's just say for the sake of the conversation, a non-Ohio State-Michigan team has a good season. We'll say Michigan State. They've been to the playoff before. Okay, Michigan State's got two losses. One's to Michigan and one's to Iowa. Well, who are you going to take? Three mm-hmm. lost Texas or two lost Michigan State? It's almost like they're hedging their own conference to say, look, Texas is going to play uh, Texas State. They're going to play Alabama A&M. And they'll play some other cupcake school at FCS school. Maybe they'll play Sam Houston State, who's actually pretty good, but the FCS. But, hey, three losses. Got to put them in the playoff. And you can make a ton of money doing it. I think you got you just got to look at the entire picture because I'm not I'm not opposed to putting a three loss team over a two loss team if two things make sense. Not good losses, but their losses aren't as bad as your losses. And who'd you beat? Like again, if you got like one good win and the rest are you just happen to get the bottom feeders of the SEC and you know Levac and Gaz East Coast Western School of Technology who just started fielding a team, <laughs> you know, like then you didn't do anything you're still not the better team i get i've been tapped to do power rankings now for the national arena league and i put orlando ahead of west texas in albany this week and i i did that because they got jonathan bain as a quarterback west texas just beat orlando nine times out of ten i'm putting west texas above orlando because you beat them on the field but since then you added an all-league quarterback, so I'm going to put you ahead of it. Like that's there's there's circumstances that allow you to move a team with a worser a worser yeah that's right a worser record. I'll make up words. You do what you're told <laughs> uh, ahead of, ahead of another team, but it's got there's got to be something in it that when you explain it to somebody, they go, I may not agree with you, but I see what you were thinking. And here's the other huge part about the SEC, and this is going to happen every single fall. I so badly want to have the argument that the SEC is overrated. Like, I want to give yep. teams in the ACC Clemson. I think Florida State's going to be awesome this year. Again, Texas is still in the Big 12. I think they're going to be great. I want to come on here in the fall and talk about if it's not Bama, if it's not Georgia, it's this school. I can't because the SEC is that good. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be against the grain. I want to, until someone takes down the SEC and proves that they're not the top dog. Remember, the reason Florida State won is they had a, like a, a last-second touchdown with Jameis Winston. And Ohio State had the big Zeke season. Like It's small examples of the last 15 years of teams who were actually able to break through and take down the SEC in a championship game. I feel weird that you haven't even like mentioned Cuse. Like, like, can Cuse 
continue to improve. They were pretty good last year. I'm hoping that the non-division ACC is more beneficial for Syracuse because they were in the same division as Florida State and Clemson. And if they were on the other side where it was like North Carolina, Pitt, Georgia Tech, maybe they can find somehow, some way, a triple tiebreaker to break through. Hopefully right. for the Orange, I hope. All right, let's go. All right, this is about a story number two here at Major League Baseball schedule for the weekend. Some matchups of note. The New York Mets tonight, they're going to host the Toronto Blue Jays 7-10 first pitch. Justin Verlander on the mound for the Mets tonight. The Boston Red Sox, they continue their situation in trying to build up the ALE standings. They get a great shot to do it. The leader in the division comes to Fenway Park. That is the Tampa Bay Rays. Our coverage here on your home for Red Sox baseball gets underway at 6-10, 7-10 first pitch. Don't forget, a doubleheader scheduled for Saturday. So don't complain to me if you hear nothing but Red Sox baseball Oof. for nine hours and the angry Oof. emails come from New York sports fans. we got two Red Sox games you know, coming on Saturday. You know, after an 8-2 win... You want to know how bad the Red Sox are? I'm rooting for them this weekend. Whoa! I need them to take down the Rays. I'm more worried about the Rays this year than I am the Red Sox. And a 10-10, first pitch out on the West Coast. Yankees, Dodgers, Kershaw, Severino. World Series preview. It's going to be amazing. Was that your preseason pick? I don't know if we gave preseason World Series picks this year because of us starting on this side of it in May. Severino back. Now I think look, I actually did. I did. I think I went Subway. Okay. We did you really go Subway series? Because that's yeah. also what I picked. I have a future yeah. wager for Mets Yankees. Okay. Yeah. So do I. We can dive deeper a little bit in this Yankee matchup and everything a little bit later. I do like in this the hour. Yankees Dodgers more, but yeah, we'll do that next. All yeah. right. We'll move on to story number one then, and that is this weekend as well a Sunday matchup that'll be Game Two of the NBA Finals. It's the Nuggets and the Heat. Eight o'clock tip off set for Sunday night. Denver dominates in Game One. LeVac, we let off the show talking about this. If you missed it, Apple and Spotify is where you can listen to the podcast on demand anywhere you want. I don't feel much different about Game 2 than I did about Game 1. I thought Miami would keep it closer in the first half just because sometimes a team with rest needs a little bit more to start up. That's not the case. I expect Denver to smack around Miami again Sunday night. I might I might take Miami at least with the points Sunday night. Um, I just think that I think Butler is going to get knee-deep in people's backsides. I think they're going to be rested. I think you're going to hear a lot of a lot of talk about the the refereeing of, this, of the first game. I, I, I think the Heat can win one this series, and it might be game two in Denver. All right. Maybe. We both like Denver in five, so eventually yep. you got to find that one win somewhere yeah, in the NBA Finals at Sunday night's hip-off there. Okay, I, I teased it. I usually flip it around for you on this, right? I usually give you story one, and we go into 4-15. Yeah. We'll do story two, but before we get into all that, Levac, let's talk about our friends over in Mohawk Honda. Woo-woo. Scotia Glenville is the spot. I just went Scotia Glenville. Guys, that's the high school, but hang on a second because of the Zach by Love. We just talked about Denver there as well. Stop over. Say hello. Everybody over there. Greg Johnson, Nick and Nate who are crushing it on social media. Lindsey Harrington, the McKenna's, MJ. We could run through the list. John and Service and more. They're going to make sure they take care of you. By the way, Dave, our engineer. We're supposed to see John in service. Hopefully, he's doing it this weekend, and hopefully, you are doing it this weekend as well. June is here. The summer road trips are coming. Your kids are going to be out of school soon. You got baseball games, lacrosse games, and more this upcoming summer. Make sure you're traveling safe, potentially with a new ride. Trade in your vehicle, whatever you're looking for. Don't forget, certified pre-owned vehicles are also at Mohawk Honda, where you can get a great price for what you're looking for for June, July, and August, so you can enjoy summer 2023. I love my pilot, the best vehicle I've ever had. Now my in-laws continue to take it around the capital region, so be careful. I just looked outside to see what was here. 
Yeah, now it's being passed off and concerned about their driving. So. Now it's like, is it a punishment? Like you kept her up last night because you had work issues. So she's like, you know what? You can take Thomas's car, you Petunia. You've been watching the kids so well this week. Go ahead, take it. It's got car seats. What? Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. All right, this is the uh, this is the weekend. The Yankees are out there on the left coast. Ten ten first pitch tonight, which is completely obnoxious. But uh, maybe I'll take a nap and, and be able to to watch the game live. But um, I mean, it's Friday night. How old do I sound right now? Oh my god, I gotta stay up past ten. Um, I can't argue that because yesterday I was complaining that oh yeah, the NBA finals at eight thirty. We all right, eight thirty. When you well, when you um, when you have kids, it's different. Like my my kid is nineteen, my yeah. So it's like she's not. It doesn't it doesn't matter. I can go do whatever I want. Time like isn't a, real, right? Like a Friday night, I shouldn't like ten ten. I should be getting started, dude. Like let's roll, you know. But I do have to yard work Saturday. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. But ten ten seems a bit ridiculous. But here we go. Severino versus Kershaw. Um, this is this could be. A little bit of a World Series preview. The, the Dodgers pitching doesn't feel as strong as it has in the past. Like even with you know Kershaw, Syndergaard, you know they've got it just doesn't seem to have that same just dominance that it once did. Let's go back a little bit here for Severino though, and maybe you're going to be upset with this, or maybe Yankee fan feels more like this than I even realize. Levac, I've given up on Severino, and not because like what? I, hear me out here, right? And maybe it's because of the lack of Severino that I've seen over the past few years. Because he barely pitched in 2021. 2020 is a COVID year, so I always say COVID year because some of us, even the most diehard sports fans, forget about what actually happened in that window from like 2020 spring to 2021. That whole like window, we're going to continue to look back and be like, was he hurt? Was he sick? Did he sit out? Was he rehab? Okay, so you have that whole window of his career there. So 2021, he barely pitches. 2022 comes around. Was he as good as Yankee fans thought he should have been in 2022? I would say no. Maybe you could disagree with that, but I would say no, because at that point in his career, there had been talks, especially in his mid-20s, of can he be the ace? Can he be the best pitcher maybe we talk about in the American League? How good can Severino be? And from what I saw, he didn't get 10 wins in 2022. And then 2023 comes around, and it's June 2nd. This is the third time he's pitched this season. I look at the Yankee rotation, and I would tell you Garrett Cole's the ace. I would tell you after that, is Severino still the second-best pitcher? I feel like I've given up on Severino. Maybe I'm way too critical of this guy, but I knew the expectations were Severino and Cole could be the one-two punch. These guys could be the ones to lead the Yankees to the World Series. Maybe this is just what he is, a really good pitcher, not the best in the American League, not a $200 million contract guy. He's just okay. He's fine. He's not great. He's okay. I thought they were going to move on from him. I actually thought at one point they were going to be like, you know what? We're just going to trade Severino. We'll find another arm we think is younger and better. No, because you know what? Severino got they, – the contract that they put together for Luis Severino was was very team-friendly, if you remember. It was, it was very similar to the contract that they gave Aaron Hicks. And I think the reason they did that is they always knew that there there was a lot of potential once he got everything right, once he worked through everything. Yeah, it was a four-year, $40 million deal that they signed him to, extension. So What year did you sign that extension, if you I had it right there? This is it. Yeah, I think that's he's, what I thought, okay. this is his last year. Yep. 
So he's he's on the he's got the potential to make a lot of money. He's got 15 mil on the books this year. So he's the potential to, to get paid this year. He's had two appearances. The Yankees, uh, he does not have a record yet. He has not won nor lost a game, but the Yankees have won both those games. ERA of 1.59, uh, four and uh, four and two thirds in the first appearance against the Reds, and then against the uh, the Padres, six and two thirds, with five strikeouts in each game. If he can go out there and give you six and two thirds, seven innings, a five to six strikeout ball right now, he's your number two, and that's huge. And he's going against Kershaw tonight, so this is. This is nice. This lines up nice for the Yankees because if he goes out there and pitches the way you would hope Luis Severino would with his 1.59 ERA going up against Kershaw, 6-4 with a 3.32 ERA, the Yankees are able to squeak this game out. Cole, you didn't have to burn Cole on Kershaw. Maybe I'm too critical of him right now. But maybe you are. You suck. You're a bad person. (laughs) Here's the reason why, though. Like, you and I together— have watched a lot of Severino games because a lot of the big time, the big pitches and everything else when Severino was involved, hey, we're tossing this guy on the mound. So many one-game wild card settings, too, of like, all right, Severino's going to be the guy we give the ball to. He's going to be the one to lead us to victory tonight. And for whatever reasons, whether he was too excited for the games, whether it was a lot of pressure to pitch in New York, I looked at Severino and thought, okay, he's not... CeCe Sabathia keeps popping in my mind, but maybe that was my expectation of, okay, CeCe Sabathia's out the door, Who's going to be the next guy? Okay, you just signed Garrett Cole. Can you be the guy? Like, with the last year on his contract, is Severino going to be a Yankee next season? What does he have to do this season to be like, okay, he's definitely the guy. Maybe tonight's the start. You beat Kershaw on the road in L.A., one of the best teams in baseball. Maybe that's the start he needs for me to believe in him again of how really good he can be. Well, he was the guy by default, too. Like, it was, he was, you knew he'd be very good. You wanted him to be your ace, but there was nobody close to him. Like there was a point where you were you were literally looking at like him and Jordan Montgomery as potential one twos, so I I just I think what does he have to do to be a Yankee next year? He's got to get through this year healthy. He's got to get through this year showing his stuff. Um, maybe have a good postseason outing. I don't even know if that matters at this point. I think you get I think you bring him back if you can, no matter what, because who's who's who are you going to get this better? That isn't going to cost you way more. But if think about this right. So he goes tonight. You get this done, theoretically. Cole goes tomorrow against Michael Grove. That'd be that'd be great if he can win that one too. You know, just keep keep the keep the ball moving, keep it going. Then it's uh, Herman versus Miller. Miller's Miller's pitching really well. But those two of those three names slide down the rotation if Rodon comes back healthy. So, like, Severino goes out. Right now, he's pitching as your two. He becomes your three. Her mom becomes your four. You know. And she pitched your five. Yeah. It, it maybe. I mean, maybe it's not. Maybe that's – maybe there's somebody else out there. Maybe that's – maybe maybe John Lasagna steps back up when he gets off the uh, IL after 60 years or whatever he's going to be on it for. See, and, and that – how you just laid it out there, you kind of look towards the next season. At least I am. I well, get I'm it. looking I, towards the rest of this season. Yeah, but, okay, let's play this game, though. Let's say Severino, for whatever reason – isn't the guy okay? Let's say how dare you? Let's say Cashman gets crazy here at the deadline and says, "You know what? He's 29 years old. I don't know how many more good seasons we're going to get out of him right now. We can either let him walk in free agency. Maybe we give him a one-year show-me deal. We try to see if we can win again with Severino. Or, and I know it's very rare, we deal him for a bat. 
Yankees probably don't need a bat, but you got to do something with Severino here. Okay, so let's say it's Cole, no particular order. Cole, Schmidt, Herman, Rodon, Rodon, and that's the problem here, right? Like I know you mentioned, like do you bring in an arm? Do you find somebody in your system that you think is going to be good enough to come up and be the fifth again? And if you're going to not call anybody up, and I keep thinking about whether it's Somerset, whether it's Scranton, okay, we're going to bring up a prospect. Maybe they could be the next Severino. Oh, Maybe you they could be Nestor great. Cortez too. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Nestor's in that mix too. Yeah, I'm trying to find where Severino is. Look, best case scenario. Be, Nestor will be fifth. For sure. If yeah. everything, yeah. Hmm. You know, best case scenario for Severino is this for 2023. Tonight, he goes out and outduels Clayton Kershaw. That would be awesome for Yankee fans. You go out and outduel Kershaw on a Friday night in LA. Okay. You and I are probably coming back Monday saying, guys, quiet about your Severino criticism. Quiet yeah. about you talking about the future. I'm already saying it. All right, yeah, exactly. Enough out of you, Gislowski. Go out and enjoy the weather. Quit criticizing pitchers on a Friday. That could be Monday's show. Or you go back and you're like, okay, like, what are we doing with Severino? What is going to happen with this guy going forward for the rest of his career if he's not going to be what we thought he was three years ago? So here, here's how I look at it, right? Right now, you're looking at a situation where Garrett Cole is your ace, Rodon's supposed to be your two. So let's let's paint the pretty picture. Rodon comes back, he's your two. So it's Cole one, Rodon two. Technically, Nestor Cortez is, pen, is, is penciled in that second spot. So he becomes your three, Severino becomes your four, Herman becomes your five. I would say it'd probably be more likely if Severino's a good weekend, it would go Cole, Rodon, Severino, Cortez, Herman. I don't hate that starting five, my friend. And by don't hate it, I'm ready to go to war with it. Let's have it. They got to stay healthy, all these other things. Now Clark Smith becomes a long reliever. You know, all these other all these other deals. Let's go. I'm ready. I'm getting fired up for this weekend. No, I'm not going to do this. I'm not uh, going to do that. I thought uh, I thought about asking something about Severino that's very unfair, so I'm going to keep that to mind. No, now you have to. Now you have to. Are you confident... He can Look finish. how quick you did it, too. You just wanted me to tell you how to. You're such a jerk. <laughs> this is going to add to my criticism here. Are you confident he can stay healthy? No. Okay. Who Who on the Yankees roster besides – I don't. And don't I'm not going to say names. Yeah, I know. That's why I didn't want to do it. Um, I'm like, I don't want to – hey, no, like, pick like, this person who you think will get injured. And then, like – because it puts it in a weird spot, right? Do We, we don't want to root for it. But it's just we've got a history of Yankee players, and especially yeah. Severino more recently – of not being out there or being available. Well, it's easier for me, or, or quicker, I should say, to list the guys who haven't spent long-term on the IL recently than it is to tell you the ones that are like, well, he's been hurt, but maybe. I think he's okay now. I, like Severino, still, he's still young. Not a lot of miles on that arm. I think uh, I think this is his... Plus, it's a pay year. You know, these these free agency years, they're the years where guys always, always cash in somehow with the Yankees. So uh, he'll be great this year. I worry about next year and the year after. I want a big game. Here's here's what I would love for Severino. I really would. I would love for the Yankees to be in a big game August, September. Yankee fan knows those big games playoffs. I get that. But like mm-hmm. as the Yankees fight here in the AL East and the American League overall to find out where they're going to become playoff time, if they can still be a playoff team, which I believe they will be. But I would love a huge start out of Severino against Tampa. Or like a Baltimore, yeah. New York game for my O's in the mix and Severino's dealing with Creamer or somebody else. Like, I would love for Severino to have that moment. 
Now, we talked a little bit about like movies and moments. Like, I want the Severino seven strong, pumping his chest, coming off the field, getting cheered by fans in the Bronx and be like, okay, this guy's our number two. This guy's the reason why. I don't know if it's the Yankees haven't gotten to the World Series or Severino's stage can even be bigger. I want a moment out of Severino this year. I know I've been critical of him in the last few minutes, but I feel like he still has something left. But now it's his season. This is a prove-it-or-lose-it season for Severino. Because if he stinks Levac or he gets hurt, I don't believe he's the pinstripe pitcher in 2024. How about the Yankees' schedule? I was just looking to see where that series would be. So it would be the um, the last time the Yankees faced Tampa this season in the regular season would be the weekend of August 25th to the 27th down in Tampa. So that's And then after that, the only American League East team – so you got four at Boston, September 11th to the 14th, and then you got six left with Toronto. But the rest of the the rest of the teams you play after that weekend are Detroit, Houston, Detroit, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, Arizona, Kansas City to finish it all. Like the American League East is a murderer's row this year, and the Yankees get most of the hard part of it. I was like, they don't see Baltimore. Who's who's playing very very good baseball? I love is, that sentence. The hard part, and they don't see Baltimore. I they love it. They don't see it. Baltimore oh, after July thirtieth. We should go to that game Sunday, one thirty-five. First pitch. Woo! That Bronx? Uh, no, in Baltimore. Oh, that's a that's a beautiful. Have you been to Kenmore Yards ever? I haven't been for a game, but I've walked through it on my way to the Ravens. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Make and that there's work. all those little plaques from where all the Yankees hit all those big home runs. That's- just really, really they cool. took those down. No, no, they just shined them up. Uh, shine them up real nice. So, yeah, this weekend, good baseball all around. I haven't said this yet today. Maybe I have to do it next. I have to, there's something I have to say for Mets fans. Because if I don't, uh, we, there's, there's a little thing. I got, I got a little Met Mojo going on the show. You want to do that next? Let's do it next. All right. LeVac Gaz, Met Mojo coming up next. Fox Sports Radio 95.9 and 980. Hey, it's LeVac for the Integrative Sleep Center in Balsam Spa with Dr. Fred Dreer. So if you haven't heard me talk about this yet, you might be the only one left. I get it a lot. Hey, LeVac, how's this work? How's that work? But it seems like people never quite understand what I'm really up to. No surgery, no mask, no hoses, no wires. It is a custom-made mouthpiece from the Integrative Sleep Center in Balsam Spa. They put it together for me, and I wear it, and it keeps my airway open. It is that simple. It is that easy, and I absolutely love it. It has made such a difference in my day-to-day life. I cannot thank Dr. Dreer and the team over at the Integrative Sleep Center enough for what they've done for me. My sleep is better. My snoring is less, which means I get yelled at less by the family. Uh, A lot of the neighbors don't have to put all their windows closed on even on hot nights when i'm snoring it's gone because the snoring is way way better the integrative sleep center in balsa spa they're helping me sleep better they'll help you sleep better too 518-885-6185 call them today all right so mets fans you get the sweep baby sweep the phillies scherzer looks good everything's going well but i feel like I'm a big part of this. Like, I'm the 10th man right now. So I have to say this. Are the Mets any good? <laughs> We're back to this. <laughs> I said three days and three wins. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if they're any good or if it's just me willing the cosmic energy that I have in their favor. Okay. So are the Mets any good? <laughs> well, back in May, and we appreciate everybody on social media who did this. I saw it all over the place. 
Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, hashtags, graphics, pictures. Who is Antonio Ella took off? Yes. I was really happy with that. I've heard that's actually had some positive momentum. I'll talk about that another time. Yeah, it's it's hysterical of how that's going to. Is this what's going to happen this month now on Levac and Gaz? Uh, on 95, 90, 90, Are the Mets good? Are they good? Are the Mets good? The t-shirts are coming. The blue and orange. Elevation 10,000. Here you go. You likely can't use the Mets logo without giving them rights. But we are ready now next. Our second <laughs> order here. Be, it should be M-A-G question mark. Mets any good? Mets any good? Mets any. This is the new June slogan. Because they like to do the LFG. Yeah. So the, the M-A-G question mark. There's the new shirt for this. Yeah, I like it. Let's make some money on that. Winners of five of their Very last. Very barstool of you. Right? Isn't it? Five of their last seven they've won. You mentioned the sweep there for the Phillies. And you and I still, even after the Phillies sweep, even after I said at Mohawk Honda, I'm like, you know, if they get by the Phillies, I can probably argue they're the third best team in the National League. Even with Scherzer doing that afternoon win. Missing uh, good? Eh, I'm uh, telling you right now. I don't know if they are or not, but I know that every time I say that, they win. So... Hey, Mets fan. Mets any good? You're welcome. Is it for the Mets that the Mets fan base, I feel like I do this every single summer with the Mets. At the same exact time, every time I'm with the Mets, I'm like, all right, you fans of the Mets. You. Complain so much about the this worst. team. You are. Yankee fan is very competitive. Mets fan is very complainy. And ah, so often, right? Like so often, the Mets are like, ah, oh, the sky's falling. Everyone's going to stink. Everyone's hurt. Oh, I'm a Met fan. I've gone through that so often that now they're actually winning. Like for the second consecutive summer, it feels like they're winning, but Met fan feels like the sky is falling and they need something to complain about. Because even though they sweep the Phillies, even though they look good, and are they any good? We continue to ask. The headlines I took away from that series are not that they're better than Philly, not that they can catch Atlanta. Isn't that thing you take away? Scherzer's a nut. Like Scherzer is out of his mind. Scherzer wins the game, and the headline coming out of it's how frustrated he is with the pitch clock. Like no, no, we can talk yeah. about the Mets winning at but Scherzer's he, just going though? nuts. I, I think he should be though. Why? Because like, he's done it for so long, and then this is a, it's a pretty drastic change. Like if he was okay with it, I think it'd be weird. But they won. Like if Scherzer's getting smacked around the park in Philly, let's say let's say the Mets lose that game like seven to four. And out of the first three innings, Scherzer's, like, getting all flustered. He's hitting his pants. He's throwing balls out of the zone. He's yelling at the dugout. He's yelling at Buck. If that was the case, honestly, we probably would have led the show with it one of these days. We probably would have led the show with it today. Like, hey, that's a Hall of Fame pitcher. Arguably, him and Kershaw in Verlander in the conversation of the last 20 years, the three best pitchers in baseball. And now one of the best pitchers in baseball on a team that has the chance to go to a World Series and maybe even win one is saying the rules have affected his play. Your top players are complaining about the play. He won the game. And he's still <laughs> negative. The Mets fan, led by their leader, yeah, you know who is still he is, negative. Yeah, well, you know nuts. that's who he is. Yeah, he's crazy. It's, yeah, it's absolutely true. Plus, I mean, I mean, how often do you think Mark Canna is going to go off the way he's been going on? Like, right. You know, I, I didn't. Mark Canna, who was an Oakland athletic for most of his career and then joined the Mets last year. Like, he's not like, it's not who I expect to be hitting bombs for you. So, you know, you want to make sure that you let everybody know. Like, hey, there's that's the time to complain too. I'm sorry. You complain when you lost. Everybody's like, oh, sore loser. Oh, I got two color eyes and I hate losing. Man, where it's like you, hey, we won. This still sucks. Just so you know, just because I made it work today doesn't mean it's good. Verlander on the mountain tonight, though. Keep it rolling. Good. 
find out. And we need we need them. And I say we as Yankee fans. Because you got Toronto this weekend. So you can if they can put Toronto away. 7-10 first pitch tonight, 4-10 on Saturday, 140 on Sunday. Kodai Senga at home again. He seems to be a monster at home. Things laid out pretty nice for you. You uh you, you avoid the big fella. Alquinoa, you, you everything's everything looks like it could could go well for the Mets. You know, hopefully not so well that I can stop asking if they're any good because that's I think that's <laughs> I think this is a part of, of of them catching fire. Is me continuously wondering if they're any good. I hope this fall the Mets get to the playoffs and we're out watching a Met game somewhere together. Maybe like that whole playoff, especially that divisional round back in the day. And I say back in the day because it might change formats and everything else of that afternoon action. And I'd love to be out with. Are the Mets good? Yeah. Are they any good? Uh, any good? M A G, M A G. But it's it's they're they're fun to watch. And you see, they toned they toned down the celebration. Oh, good for the children. Hopefully, I, I don't know. Well, because children being made from that celebration, that was the problem. Um, it's more of like a, just a quick little pelvic like pop. Like a whoop. That's, that's all they do now. You know, like they're not attacking each other like a bunch of dogs in heat. Good. It's, it's fine now. Was Buck Showalter behind that? Did he probably Imagine. put the end to it? Steve Cohen? Buck Showalter. Steve Cohen calls Buck Showalter. Yeah, they got to stop doing that. Like, I don't care what they do as long as they win. I'm dry humping Pete Alonso's leg right now. I don't <laughs> care. It's As long as they win. A win is a win. Um, no, it's, it's, it is good to see the Mets start to put it together. And, and hopefully they keep it rolling. You know, you got Verlander, you got Scherzer. Going every every uh, fifth sixth day, so that's that's kind of nice. Could I Senga? That's the big question I've got because we haven't seen him pitch really well on the road yet. So if he can go out there with that, what is that ghost splitter? Ghost something he's got ghost curve. I love when pitchers just make up terms for right. pitches. Oh, it's the best. Remember the old gyro ball from yep. Dice K? Didn't was it? I want to say it was you. Darvish had one like that too. They're calling it like the kitchen sink ball. Yeah, every the ghost. <laughs> Ghost pitch, oh, yeah, it's so what, good. What is, I don't even. I like. That's the best part. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ghost. We don't. You know what? I wish more Capital Region Section Two athletes. I would love for like a James ghost Allen. Fork. Oh, the ghost fork. Of course. Yes. How dare I? Not the yes. spoon or the the knife. The ghost <laughs> fork. I would love for more high school pitchers to like do that. Like, yeah, we got Scotia Glenville coming up. They got a <laughs> here. They got West Kozlowski pitching. Yeah. Heritage's got the spoon fill pitch coming tonight. Spoon fill, no. The, oh, did you see it? He just threw the spoon fill. Whoa. Oh. Um, Meaty no. broccoli he just threw. Oh, that's that's you smell that at, at short. That's the <laughs> Bartolo Colon used to throw that. The meaty broccoli? Oh, Couldn't hit it. Didn't want to hit it. Pardon me, shortstop in seconds. Sorry. <laughs> it's a cloud of death floating back. Uh, it is Friday. It's time. Listen, I, I could make a bunch of wagers this weekend. And I will. But I don't know if I want to <laughs> say them all. I think I'm going to take the Heat plus nine on uh, uh, this weekend. On Sunday night. Yeah. Okay. I think that's. I think the Heat plus the points. I'm going to wait and see if it goes up a little bit, nine and a half, ten. Uh, but I think the Heat plus the points is a decent play this weekend. One thing I like to remind people about this wonderful play of the day, thank you to Mohawk Chevrolet, is that you will learn, if you are maybe not an investor, that if you do over 50% on your bets for a month, for a week, for a quarter. That's really good. If we hit around 60%, we are going to be partying in studio. <laughs> I was so hot. And mm-hmm. just like I've learned, that's not how this thing goes, guys. I am now a loser of four of my last five bets, some of them more loser, devastating than others. And I'm copying out for the second Friday in a row because I've done this Friday weekend bet 
I believe, last week, and I'm doing it again this week. I'm betting the Orioles money line with Dean Creamer on the mound. I love this guy. He's my favorite Oriole. The hair, everything. They got texts a few weeks ago. I believe, yeah, it was the 27th. Pitching on the weekend. He had the Saturday start. Got beat now at 5-2. and two. He gets another weekend start, this time on the West Coast. Against San Francisco, that game is tonight, 10-15 first pitch out in the Bay. I will bet him again. Money line, my favorite Orioles. Pitching really well. Will I go 0-2 betting on the Orioles on a Friday night play of the day? I hope not, but that is my play. I believe in him. He bounces back. That'd be nice. I mean, I wouldn't mind that. I might, I might ride with you because I don't know if you remember this, but I'm in a pool where I had to like the, I had to put together teams with the most wins on a budget. I'm with that as well. I'm I in the put, same pool. I put your Orioles in that yeah, before the you. season started because I'm I'm really smart. Um, you know, because that's what I do is I just I see these great things coming for other other people and other teams. Um, the other Nirmaga Madoff uh, UFC fight night tomorrow night too. I think he's like minus one fifteen. His brother, brother, cousin, whatever. I don't know. The other relative, we'll see. Yeah, actually, that's the thing too. We were talking about uh, was it Dragic, the, the Dragic, the the fighter who who wrestled the alligator. Do you think part of him was like, take that, Ramaga Madoff, you out there fighting bears? I got gators. Right. Bears are fluffy and lovable. They even do cocaine. I've seen them in movies. I'm out here with gators. They eat cars. They don't care. <laughs> you ever see them when they open up a gator? Who? Like it's every once in a while, like they'll catch like a big gator in like a neighborhood or whatever. And they'll open it, and it's like open. You mean open the inside of his cut body? The thing open. Oh my god! And man. what comes out of them is like if you haven't, if no one's ever checked the couch cushions, like like a bumper, a cat, like I'm like a person, like random, like the most random because gators eat everything. They don't care. They're like the most, the most random things will just come falling out. It's like like I said, it's like shaking a couch cushion out. Ew. It's change. It is his remote. cousin, by the way. Thank you for that. His cousin. Yeah, I didn't know for sure. I just didn't want to agree with you. Um, all right, so there's our, our plays of the day. My big one is Heat plus the points. Um, Gaz is is uh, going to have a little creamer in his coffee. Mm-hmm. That's where he's <laughs> – I don't know why he said that. I don't know why my coffee's still here. I didn't drink it this morning, mm-hmm. and now it's, now it's, it's just, probably going to be cold. Now it's just soup. Um, <laughs> those are the good ones. Oh! Man, I do not like cold coffee. Oh, I thought it was chunky. I got nervous for you. Uh, of course, the play of the day is brought to you by Mohawk <laughs> Chevrolet. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Malta. What a way to start the weekend. There we go. I'm about to hop in the old uh, the old Chevy Silverado and go go uh, you know finish my round of golf that I've been doing. You know what? Hopefully he's listening. Happy birthday to Coach Barnello. He's celebrating his birthday today out in Burnt Hills. He made the road trip. He loves listening to us on the app. Happy birthday to Coach Barnello. He listens to us. He's driving through the Coach, Capital happy Region. Birthday. Happy birthday, Coach. Hopefully Very you're listening cool. right now. Get the shout out what for you. What else is going on this weekend? Anything fun? What are you doing? What am I doing? I am probably mowing the lawn. I don't Me have. Too. I just I do don't that. do any fun things on the weekend anymore. <laughs> Spend time with my the boys? family. You gonna take the boys I, out to do anything? I did Dino Valley last week. That was cool. My uh, my parents are coming up at some point. My wife was just texting me earlier this morning that she changed all the plans. That's really what happened. She said I'm doing this, this, and this. And I just wrote back, "What?" So I will be doing what she tells me this weekend. There you go, smart man. All right, uh, time for us to get out of here. I hope you guys all have a fantastic weekend. We're back on Monday, 3 to 5. Uh, was it Cavino and Rich next? Cavino and Rich, and then Red Sox baseball after that. I love it. All right, uh, everybody. You have, do. I, I do. I love all of it. Remember, I'm rooting for them this week because the Red Sox are so bad, I don't care about them. But I'm, you drank my coffee as well, and you got poisoned no, on your way out for the weekend. I love it because, again, well, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to listen to that crap, but um, start listening again 3 o'clock on Monday. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio 95.9 to 980.